You know the old saying, selling like hotcakes? What does that even mean? What is a hotcake anyway? They should change it to selling like Hondas, because right now, Hondas are selling faster than ever. Probably because they're so rugged, long-lasting, and fuel-efficient. And if you want one, you should get to your local Honda dealer right away. Check out the 8-passenger pilot, or maybe the adventurous passport. But you gotta do it fast, because Hondas are selling like, well, Hondas. New models are arriving now. Don't wait. See your local Honda dealer today. While traveling, it's usually best to pack light. When it comes to money, carrying some cash and having an alternative like Zelle is a great idea. Zelle's an easy way to send and receive money with people you trust at any U.S. bank. It's already in thousands of different banking apps, and it's money straight into your bank account in minutes fast. Look for Zelle in your banking app today. Safe travels. Put that long day behind you. Good times lie ahead with company worth keeping that'll bash a smile on your head. Come on in, the doors open, you'll find just the finest folks here. Pull up a chair, grab a drink, and let our stories your ear. Cause we're the talk, talk, talk the tavern. Here you're always welcome. The talk, talk, talk the tavern. Promising beer and bed love. The talk, talk, talk the tavern. Music, medicine, then some to talk, talk, talk the tavern. The song's over. Here we come. Welcome to the tavern. We'll get to the topic and discussion in just a moment. Just want to let everybody know this is an adult show with adult topics, adult humor, and in other words, uh, we drink, we smoke, we swear, and we laugh at things we probably shouldn't, but we do it together. For those listening to the podcast, we record the podcast on our live stream at twitch.tv slash Travis Tavern. can have a live interactive chat audience. You might hear the sound of the bell, and that means I want to interrupt somebody to read a question or comment. For those on the live stream, we won't read off everything you put in chat, but we'll try to get to the most relevant or the most amusing, but hopefully some combination of the both. Now, while we introduce ourselves, go ahead and let us know what your vices are tonight. Hey everybody, I'm Travis I. Sivar. Tonight we're going to talk about Silver and Smith series of books. We'll get to that in just a moment. And uh, Joe has opened up the chat, as you've heard, we have the live chat with, well, your voice was pretty much whispering sweet nothings in my ear as I slept. Thank you for that, Joe. Much appreciated. Always appreciated. And uh, I've got to relight my pipe because, yeah, we need a little more fire with that. My vices tonight are... I got a pipe with some C&D Sweet Vanilla Cavendish, and I've got some bourbon, and I've been drinking heavily because this show is going to be about me, and that's uh, always awkward. So let's introduce the beautiful, delightful, and talented Ed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I am drinking. uh, Travis, all shows are about you. It's all about you, man. Mm. It's all about you. Mm. I'm drinking uh, so Basil Payton's Kentucky bourbon and uh, chasing it with water. And, what, uh, what kind of Kentucky yeah. bourbon? Uh, Basil Hayden's. I haven't tried that one yet. How is it? It's, it, it's yummy. It's real yummy. Uh, yesterday, um, we were. I was drinking some rye, and Andrea asked me what rye is. And apparently, rye whiskey has more rye in it, like rye bread. So, yeah, who knew? Crystal? Oh, 
Um, my name is Crystal, and you might know me as Raven's Muse. I am a book reviewer and a YouTuber. I host the show Writing Happy Hour, in which I track down my favorite authors, get them drunk, and ask them questions. Um, I'm also working on my first book, uh, Hearts of the Fallen, which I, I am hoping to launch sometime in the near future. And I am drinking... Let's see. I did a no-no in mixed alcohols today. I had <laughs> uh, a hot toddy made with Earl Grey tea and some peach brandy and honey. Oh, how was and that? Now with, I am with, with the peach and honey? It was delicious. Was it good? Oh, God. It's so good. So good. And I, I'm having like a little bit of allergies going on. And so it just, you know, <laughs> it clears the sinuses. No, it's great. And uh, it's like it's like a warm hug that gets a little too friendly on the back end. You know what mm, I mean? I'm Great. interested. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and then uh, now that I have exhausted my tea, I am drinking my usual rose and jasmine infused gin and a watermelon Red Bull as a chaser. So that's what I'm doing. Woohoo! So I, I see you held up a flask. I feel like I need to send you a talk of the tavern flask now. Man, you know what? I, I was actually trying to get one off of your merch store, and it asked me for my social, and then it was what? like, "Sorry, what?" And then it wouldn't it wouldn't sell it to me. So I'm gonna have to just send you send you a PayPal for the flask because I was having an issue. <laughs> Ed, do you remember the store doing that to you? I don't remember doing that. To I don't remember. I think I've got some spyware and stuff on my computer. I've got viruses. Yeah, I, I, need I don't to stop watching so much. So much questionable content. Yeah, because mm -hmm. that's... And by the way, mm -hmm. okay, so for everybody, like, where Crystal says, I'm working on my first book. No, you're not. Well, you're working on your that's first own first book. book. But you have written, yes. what, two dozen other books for other people as a ghostwriter? 26. 26. Yeah. By the way, totally, like, awkwardly moving it over to me. 38. God damn. Not counting the anthologies that I've had short stories published in. And you're multi-genre too. So you're, you, you have a really huge repertoire for what you've been writing. Which by the way, people say is a flaw. Never write multi-genre, write what people know, write what they expect. Stephen King writing a romance would be horrible. Writing a fantasy novel. Oh wait, he did that. Eyes of the Dragon. Oh, and then there's Dark Tower. Huh. And you know what else? What? I, like a lot of my a lot of my clients who are successful authors or the few clients that I've had that are successful authors, they say don't go multi-genre, but they write in multi-genres under other pen names. Right. So for marketing reasons, that's why they tell you not to go multi-genre because right. they don't want you to split your fan base. Oops, sorry. But in reality, in reality most authors are multi-genre they just don't talk about it so don't listen to that here's what i'm gonna tell you and i i threw a link into chat i write non-fiction fantasy and sci-fi predominantly under my own name but i write kids book kids books under joe wilson which was actually my birth name that's a whole nother story for another time but i published one of them the day before I published my latest novel, Silver and Smith and the Doppelganger's Gate, which is book two of the Silver and Smith Chronicles. 
Um, see, Wordwin says, I solved the issue by writing multi-genre in one book. So that that's <laughs> not a bad idea. It's just hard to market that shit afterwards. Mm -hmm. So... Maybe okay. because how do you how do you decide what your cover is going to be? Because that's the thing you got to catch your your target audience on, and there are specific colors that appeal to specific target audiences. That is tricky, tricky. How about just a big face staring awkwardly out? Does that work? Just a white cover, white cover with plain uh, Times New Roman font on the front, and that's it. <laughs> Generic books for you. <laughs> No clue. See, Wordwin says I solved that problem, but not marketing. Okay. There you go. Yeah. There's a philosophy <laughs> that Crystal has put a boot in my bunghole to say, hey, fix that shit. Because I am, real. I am so prone to like, look, I wrote a book. Okay, next book. Move on. Um, and Or, look, I wrote a book. How many copies can I give away? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went straight there, man. Yep. Yep. Look at that, just calling me out on my shit. So for anybody that doesn't know, I am an author, I am a writer, I'm a published writer. And <clears throat> I have this flaw of I love to write, I hate to market. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I will live stream my writing, I will get the book out there, and I'll immediately move to the next project, taking no time to woo the public into reading that book before, during, or after. I'm just like, I'm doing a thing. Can you even do all that nasty, can yeah. you even do all that nasty editing and put in all the work to make it a good product? And then you're just like, there you go. And just boot it out of the nest. Like <laughs> I am a mama bird. Good luck. <laughs> Hold on. Lighting my bike. Do it. Light my pipe lighter just sure? ran out of thing. So click, click. Here you go. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're you're very kind. So let me do this. <laughs> Silver and Smith. Oh, I'm banging things. The concept for Silver and Smith. Mm. I wanted something like Indiana Jones or Pirates of the Caribbean in the sense that it's fast-paced, fun, interesting characters that you care about. But I wanted to move it into the future. Uh, an unspoken amount of years, a few decades. So it's borderlining dystopia. It's borderlining cyberpunk. But it's not quite there. It's showing the transition between where we are now and all these genres that so many people love. And I wrote a book. And then I wrote a second book. So the second book when i'm like hey i'm writing this thing crystal comes along and joins us on talk of the tavern joins the live stream and uh and by the way joe that's awesome joe says i got the book thinking one of the characters was will smith um just so everybody knows we discussed this the other day on a stream and the person i would love to see play silver is the guy who played Eggs in True Blood, but he also played Jimmy Olsen in Supergirl. I love that guy. First of all, he's fucking beautiful. And he's got a beautiful voice. And he's got a stage presence. He's got a personality that shines through the character. And we discussed who could play 
Hank, who's actually Henrietta Smith, and Emily Blunt was suggested. I'm like, that'd be okay. That'd be okay for the movie. But anyhow, I, I wanted I this. Kind of imagining, I was kind of imagining Ma Maggie Gyllenhaal. Now, how old is she now? Because keep in mind, Hank is in her mid-20s. 20-something. Oh, yeah, I guess she's a little older. I guess I'm just still infatuated with Maggie Gyllenhaal from like 10, 20 years ago. No, 10, 10, 15 years ago. From like when uh, Stranger Than Fiction came out. That's how I always picture her. Celebrities don't age in my mind. They're still the same age as they were in the movie that I saw them in. <laughs> and Werdewin wants uh, clarification. Supergirl TV show or the 1985 movie? Supergirl TV show. Um, for whatever you thought about that. And some people, Crystal, I think think, if I'm not mistaken, you might be one of the people who don't necessarily like that version of Jimmy Olsen because he's too confident, not nerdy enough. Um, I don't know that I know who that is, actually. Wasn't you, then. Hold on. I'm trying to Google his name because, yeah, I'm not going to remember it. Mikkel something. Oh, okay. I know who Eggs is now. I was like, who? Yeah, I remember it. How is he, he not terrible. one of the... McCad Brooks. Would you like butter on that, McCad sir? Brooks. Oh. Okay. So anyhow, for anybody who doesn't know, this is a beautiful black guy who's talented, great actor, et cetera, et cetera. Um, oh, see, Werdewin says, oh, yeah, that guy's voice was like cinnamon toast and fresh baked cookies. Yeah. Um, mm. And, and mm. I want that for silver... But anyhow, I digress. Cyberpulp. So like the pulp novels of the 1930s, 1940s, fast-moving, interesting, just keeps going, problem, problem, problem. But I love character. So I built, hopefully, these characters. And frankly, Hank shines above Silver, because Silver, though one of my viewers did say she loves Silver because he has a, like a silent river, flows deep. And there's hints at stuff below the surface. Well, like um, that scene where he picks up the chocolate chip cookie and he's thinking about his family. I won't give away any spoilers, but that made that gave me a lump in my throat. And you really don't see a whole lot of it. It's a lot of internal, just a thought about his past here and there, you know? Yeah. But yeah, he doesn't and, come out and talk about it a lot. And, and that's on like in the beginning of the book. That's not even like far into the book. And the guy's eating a cookie and Crystal like messaged me going, I got choked up over this. Now, hold on. I'm sorry. My cat needs into the executive office. Give me just a second here okay. while I let her in. <laughs> we got to uh, entertain people. Do some, do something. There you go. Do a dance. Um, we're discussing the new book, Joe, but we can talk about the original also. Talk oh, about yeah. whatever you want to talk about. I actually had one of the um, one of the people in the launch team when he realized that it was the second book in the series. He's like, "Oh, I don't want to read this yet. I want to start with the first one." And I'm mm -hmm. like, "Dang it!" <laughs> Here's what I'll tell you about that. I specifically wrote these books and the Portal novels to be standalone. I want somebody to be able to pick it up That's in the middle. Hmm. That's what I told him, too. I'm like, I haven't read the first one. I am just picking up the second one now, but it totally works as a standalone. It takes a second. 
um, my one of my friends that's in the launch team, she was like, she didn't realize that Diana was a dog at first. And so she's like, why is he just scratching her on the head? And they're, they're you know, right. they're walking along and Diana puts her face into the wind. <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, I understand because Diana may not, you know, be a, a traditional dog name. You think that's a person, but then he scratches her behind the ear and you're like, what? Right. And I did that on purpose because I wanted people to think that Diana was a person. And uh, that's funny. Yeah. Then then, and it's like three paragraphs later, I I, I mentioned specifically that Diana is a dog. But Joe asked, are we talking about the first (laughs) book or the new one? Because I haven't gotten the new one yet. You don't have to read the first book. Um, In order. I mean, yes, you do. Absolutely. Read that first book. Read that first book, but you don't have you don't have to read them in order to make for them to make sense. So we might be being joined by Andrea soon. She might jump in on this. Um, My phone has disappeared to become a hotspot. So there's that. And uh, Mm. she's taking a few moments to settle in after getting home. We'll see. She may or may not. Um. No pressure to anybody in a room that I'm not in. <laughs> mm-hmm. She snorted a laugh in the other room. So, mm-hmm. Cyberpulp. Fast-paced fun, but I love characters. And I have had multiple reviews about this book say, I don't like this genre. I've had one or two that specifically said, I didn't expect to enjoy this book at all. But mm-hmm. I loved it. And thank you guys for that. And thank you for saying, I don't like this genre. I don't read this genre. I didn't expect to enjoy this book. Because to put that in there and then say the positive things behind it that, you know, the characters captured me. This is, as a writer, what I try to do. I want those characters to be the impetus of the story as opposed to the world the world is and i think this is a testament too of the fact that you have written in so many other genres and your specific style doesn't necessarily need to be uh contained or it doesn't just cater to sci-fi fans or fantasy fans or cyberpunk it's something that can be enjoyed by people who are not necessarily into a specific genre so something for everybody i agree now crystal as captain of my street team and by the way anybody who doesn't know what a street team is what that is is basically people who read advanced copies and then when it launches when the book comes out for realsies they throw up reviews and hopefully share it on social media talk to their friends about it hit somebody in the head on the street whatever Now, Ed has a copy, and he's read, Ed, if I'm not mistaken, you read the rough draft of book one. Is that correct? Yes, I read the rough draft of book one. Because I actually turned to Ed for specific advice about Talent Agency, which is a related book in the same world, but not part of this story, for advice on guns and military movements. Um, And Talent Agency should be out on audiobook at this point in time. So you can look for that if you're enjoying the world. 
I use copies of your books as coffee table books, even if I haven't read them, because people say, hmm, yeah, man, you got to check that out. My friend Travis wrote that. It's on Amazon. Go buy a copy. <laughs> and then tell me what it's like. Um, by the way, did you see the link I put in Discord about uh, that, that shotgun? Yes. I want to use that. In I silver. had nothing to say. Sorry. I, I want to use it. I, I want to use it in Silver and Smith Three. Oh yeah, yeah, it would go. Yeah, I I don't know how the quality is. I didn't check out reviews or anything, but that is a very interesting looking. It feels like it would fit. So there we go. Yeah, that would go. Okay. With that all being said, let, let me turn it over to you guys and let you guys take charge while I let my cat out of the executive washroom behind me and um, guide the conversation, ask some questions that as the writer, I don't even think to look at because I did a thing. I'm moving to the next thing. Well, I, I don't know how many people here are familiar with the and he's gone. But, you know, how can I ask a question to somebody that's just going to get up and walk away? What what kind of bullshit is that? You know? I guess I we're know. just supposed to kind of talk back and forth to each other a little I, bit. Yeah, I'm in the same room. I can hear it all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> For those here um, that may not be familiar with Silver and Smith, what is the genre, Travis? As I said, it's cyberpulp. So the edge... <laughs> Hold on. Andrea has joined the chat. She gets a noise. Is that the Princess Bride? It is. It is. Um, I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. <laughs> so, Ed, it's borderline cyberpunk, borderline dystopian. It's set a few decades in the future. And what I did there is I wanted to show that transition from our world that we're all familiar with to the cyberpunk world, to the dystopian world where things have changed, where big corporation is out there, big pharmaceutical has a role in government, and that sort of thing. I also... Oh, it's modern. Well, ish. It's a little beyond, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's... Is there any magic in Silver and Smith? Well... Is there any, like, supernatural element to it, or is it all tech-based? There is a supernatural, especially in book one, because mm -hmm. something I'm doing in the first three books is I'm creating that transition. Kind of like if you've ever read Expanse um, by, oh my goodness, I forget the two authors, pen name. Um, I want to let readers grow the world and as the world changes and becomes this world that i want to write in i want to let the uh, readers experience that so in book one we address the magic issue and we go forward with that hold on just one second that trend okay Hey, Trin, how are you? Um, and I don't want to give spoilers for book one, but it opens up a whole new aspect that I can explore. In book two, I open up a different aspect. In book three, I have plans to open up a third aspect, and then book four and beyond, I have this full... 
Damn it, Marlene, stop it. <laughs> um, I, I have this full world that Bazinga. I've developed for my readers that I can draw on these other elements. Magic and a few other things that you didn't ask about, so I'm not going there yet. Would you like butter or not, sir? And and hello to Jewel. Thank you for joining us at work. I do appreciate that. Ah, uh, Joe. Yeah, Silver. By the way, Joe says I read a small excerpt on Amazon for the second book, and I related hard to Silver when he's wearing black in the heat. Yeah, Silver loves to wear black with silver accents. And uh, I don't know what you talk about, Werwin. Um, and and. Hank almost always wears beige. Perhaps it's taupe. Hard to say. But anyhow, <laughs> all depends on your It's method. the color of the DMV. <laughs> uh, medical green? No, wait. Which state? I worked at DMV for five <laughs> years. Oh. I had a DMV, matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And our offices were actually pretty nice. But yeah, it was kind of beigey if I remember correctly. <laughs> so yeah, I, I do bring in these elements. I haven't focused hard on them as these books introduce different elements into the world. It's uh so yeah. Where did you actually start when it came to deciding at what point you were going to start your story for Silver and Smith, because you've got the talent agency, which, you know, obviously is in the same world and it all connects and interweaves. Where did you actually start and get the idea to build from? I wanted a world. Out massive thing. I love this question. Oh, this, I, I would have never even thought of this question. This is a great question, Crystal. Um, with talent agency that I wrote a year or two ago, it was dystopian borderline borderline dystopian borderline cyberpunk superheroes so the world has changed where genetic exploration and nanotechnology has started creating superheroes but street level superheroes we're not talking thor or superman we're, we're talking more like batman we're talking more um captain america super soldier type stuff and I wrote this series of short stories that are all interconnected. It's called Short Story Cycle. Is the terminology that hasn't been around for decades. And then I went, <clears throat> I want a world that I can write Silver and Smith in. These two diametrically opposed characters that see the world so differently and they have such different experiences in life and there are different places in their life but they're working together and i wanted that indiana jones feel of fun fast comedic but epic things happening adventure right it's i wanted everybody who reads this book going the wow the ending of this book made the whole world change and that's why I went into Silver and Smith. Now, Joe has a question. Is there any aspect that you and Sil uh, of me and Silver and Hank, any positive traits or flaws that you share? 
Here's what I'll tell you. Almost every character I write as a primary character has some aspect of me. Um, in Silver, it would have that quieter, deeper, insightful drive that comes from life beating you down. And in Hank, it has that lighter, curious fascination with the world that you just want to keep exploring. So absolutely, there's, there's aspects or elements of me in both of these characters. But that being said, neither one are me at all. It's they, they are their own little person in this world that I created. Nice. And it's off again. I don't know what you're about, Ed. <laughs> so what about the uh what about the Vela series that you're working on that ties into this? What can you tell us about that, if anything? Oh. Can you give us a little <clears throat> teaser? Okay, Kindle Vela, the 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 Traveler's Inn is something I'm working on right now. Now Kindle Vela, for anybody that doesn't know, is a episodic release. So it's really throwing back to how Lone Ranger was originally done in theaters. It was episodes before movies and that sort of thing. And there was other ones that did this too. But the Traveler's Inn can be anywhere it wants to be. It's a cross-dimensional, time-hopping, world-jumping, reality-shifting business. And it caters to anything from cyborgs, ogres, and aliens, to demons, automatons, fairies, and other things. And it's all about dimension-spanning adventures. So... Is it going to tie Silver and Smith to portals ever? Yes, it already has. Good question. Jack Tucker, who is a character from Journal of a Stranger, another series that I have, who does make an appearance in the Talon Agency... He's also mentioned in Silver and Smith, and he's in Portals. He's the one that runs this in. Um, so yeah, it's I love to. Tie. He was somehow the one that was in control of the portals, or is he not? Is Contro he somehow behind the scenes? He is absolutely and, behind like, the scenes, pulling? but controls kind of a strong word for what he does. Influence, suggest guidance but he is not the mastermind of an overarching plot more more like he suggests things to people but they're still their own person who gets to make the decisions this holiday season, we all wish for hope and healing. Children and families who spend their holidays at the hospital deserve a reason to believe in first steps, in giggles, high fives, and hugs. For 150 years, Children's National Hospital has provided world-class care and groundbreaking research. Please donate today to help patients and healthcare heroes this holiday season. Visit childrensnational.org holiday. That's childrensnational.org holiday. With MailChimp, you get a whole lot more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. That means you can connect your data to make more informed, smarter decisions. And you get powerful automation tools like our customer journey builder to ensure you never miss an opportunity to turn shoppers into loyal customers. So if you're ready to integrate your marketing and boost sales, get started today at MailChimp.com smartmarketing smart marketing. 
MailChimp, built for growing businesses. And Werdewin asks, so which character in the series disappears for moments at a time? Uh, she's talking about you. <laughs> um, I, I don't... Like I, I don't think any of them actually disappear for moments at a time. It's because you got up and walked off. Leaving. Uh, oh, I, I got you. Yeah, because uh, as I'm doing the, the live stream recording of the podcast, um, yeah, one of my cats is like, hey, I need in the executive washroom. And then, hey, I need out. So I pop up for a second and then come back. I guess I shouldn't have read that comment. Moving on. Okay, where were we? Uh, we were talking about the Vela uh, series, the Travelers in. So yeah, it uh, doesn't tie directly into this, but I love to thread Jack Tucker through the different series to show there is a connection between all the different series. And yeah, we still don't have any idea when Vela is going to happen, right? That July. hasn't launched. As of, okay. Really? See, yeah. It, it has announced it's releasing in July, but we don't know when in July yet. So, and Wordwin says, darned. I have the view of Jack Tucker being like a DJ. He chooses the records for the party, but he doesn't control the music industry or what the labels provide. He also doesn't control what dance people do, <laughs> excuse me, to those records that he chooses. So they can definitely go in surprising directions. Also, you don't realize he's even the DJ until much later in the party. Mm -hmm. But that's a good comparison. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what character I could compare him with because he just kind of like pops up and offers a helpful nudge here and there, but... You kind of get the sense that he, he has more to do with uh, with what's going on than meets the eye, but you're not you're not really sure. If I can raise a glass real quick to it's just enough for throwing the bits, supporting the tavern. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate that. to that. I just wanted to splash the glass. It looked kind of like cool. It's very full, isn't it? It's uh. But yeah, it's I don't want him to be in control of things. I don't want him to be a puppet master. He's more like the nudge for the characters. And he's a little bit of a wizard behind the curtain though, you gotta admit. He's got he got that vibe. But I don't know. Now, Crystal, I don't think you've read any books where you actually get to well, you've read portals, so you've seen where he's not necessarily like, Hey, yeah. I did all the things. He's just like, Hey, welcome here. Good job. Um, so now, yeah. down the road, there might be something more with him, but we'll see. We'll see. Okay. I am curious. Any I still have a lot of reading to do before I can really get a get a good read on Jack Tucker. There's a lot out there about him. He <clears throat> he does play into the Tridenton birthright. And Trio of Travelers and Croker Norge Case Files, which are all other books that I've published, as well as the Portal series Harbinger, even. 
and uh, of course Silver and Smith. Now he hasn't made an appearance in Silver and Smith, but his name has been mentioned um, specifically with Silver's background, which is what I'm hoping to focus on in book three that I have a working title for. What's the working title? Silver and Smith and the Time Raiders. Ah. So. That's definitely got uh, Indiana Jones vibes to it. You know, it was funny, too, is one of your reviews mentioned that it was like Indiana Jones meets something else. Yeah, it did. I can't remember uh, what they said. I'm going to have jump. to look it up now. Yeah, I know. Are Are you... <laughs> I, yeah, I don't have my phone, so you get to look all the things at this point. Yeah, Hello, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. It, Tom Swift Jr. meets Indiana Jones. A lot of other people have compared the Traveler's Inn that we mentioned earlier to Spider Robinson's Cross Time Saloon. <laughs> Wordwin says, sneaking into the pantry, Time Raiders. <laughs> it's, they also got the garlic and the marjoram. Mm. Majorum? Majorum. Oh, and here's an, here, another one of your reviews says that it's like Tony Stark meets Indiana Jones. Do you want to read any of the reviews? Scan them real quick, see if there's anything you feel that's worth putting into this content here. Let's see here. Um, so we'll give her a moment to hem and haw and look over that. Ed, no, like I said, I know you scanned book one, read book one. Did you read all of it? I only scanned book one. Yeah. Okay. So what that. you saw about Silver. Now I'm going to go ethnic here. Because for anybody that doesn't mm -hmm. know, Silver's a black guy. Hank is a 20-something woman. Um, mm -hmm. Her full name being Henrietta Smith. So, any cultural issues that you saw? No. Not at all. Because one thing I tried to do with both these characters, which certain viewers, certain readers could look at it and go, I relate to that because I'm not mainstream. But they're still human beings. They're still people. And this is their story. It's not the story of their culture and their background. It's their right. story. Any thoughts on that, Ed, from what you've seen? Well, yeah, I mean, you you describe um, Silver physically, but I, from reading, that's what it was, physical appearance and nothing really more. Um, that's it, so. Now, I also need to... Anybody could be Silver. Right, right. You think we need Sam Jackson? Is that what, is that what I'm hearing right now? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I do have one. I have a one of the reviews that I really liked right here. The one that says, this is a summer beach read you've been looking for. And oddly, it's one of the four-star reviews instead of a five-star, which honestly, those are the ones that generally I look at as a ghostwriter when I'm looking at, uh, you know, feedback from the people who have read the books that I've, that I've mm -hmm. done. I, I look at the people who are three and four stars because the people who uh, did five stars, they just love it all the right. way around. And the people who didn't like it at all, the one and two star reviews, it might be because it's just not 
they don't like my style of writing or right. they don't like the genre and they just happened to come across this book and decided to give it a shot, but they right. aren't necessarily the ones to give uh, informative feedback. The three and four star reviews are the ones that, you know, are on the fence a little bit and they give you the most constructive criticism. And so this one is a four star review and it says, Travis Sivart has translated a blockbuster action adventure movie into the perfect summertime read. It's fast paced, full of action, reminiscent of the lighthearted adventure novels that were more popular in the 80s and 90s, but with a nice infusion of 70s themes like cryptids and alien visitations. And that is so fucking accurate. Mm. And I love it. That's exactly what we were talking about. The the adventure, the feeling of fast paced and uh, kind of exciting and lighthearted with just enough uh, character and depth to keep you invested in what happens to people. And Marlene asked a question here for Ed. If it's just physical, do you feel it's lacking more insight or does it playing in the future kind of detach race? Um, you'd really have to answer to a playing in the future detach, detach race. What I mean is, uh, sorry about that. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I feel that anybody reading the book of any race could relate themselves to i want to be silver okay it's it's not you read some stories and race plays such a factor in it it's like okay uh only a black man can relate to that character i didn't feel that way reading silver and smith now maybe because i am a black man but i felt like anybody could relate to that character good good that's i like that because I'm not writing a story about the race. I'm writing a story about the character. And the character is a race. That is part of the identity. But I do have hope for the future. As much as I, I, I look at the human race and go, well, will we make it? I still have immense hope that we will and that things will change, become a little more beautiful, a little more... Let's look at the individual as opposed to let's segregate by personality and call it inclusion. I think I think Erica talked a little bit about that too, about how it would be nice for fantasy and sci-fi books to include a bunch of just just more types yep. of people without being on a soapbox about it and without making right. that the focal point and the, the that subtleness. being their identity. Yeah. That's not their identity. They're a person and that's what they look like, you know? To, to take this in a tangent here, there's been some incredible series in that aspect at least where Shadow and Bone is coming to mind, a few others are coming to mind where, yeah, Here's people of different races, and we're not talking about race because they're part of the world. And, mm. and that's what I want for this. I want, I want equality. 
I, I want women to be valued as a human being. I want black people. I want anybody of any race, ethnic background, culture to be valued for their prose and their abilities and their strengths, not judged by their background. And I really hope, getting maudlin here, I really hope the human species can move forward past that in the next 30, 40 years. And yeah, get the fuck over that shit. And yeah, be proud of who you are and where you came from. But on the other hand, you know what, Ed? You know what, Crystal? You are who you are, and I appreciate and love you for that, not because of all these other things. That's part of who you are. Now, respect that background? Absolutely. Make it a thing to bring up and throw in people's faces? Well, that's not this story. That's somebody else's story to write. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, and Kitty says, my experience when it comes to stories on a soapbox, the writer or writers are really bad at putting their message first and story second. Yeah, mm. I want the story to be primary. And you know what? Maybe, maybe in book three, maybe I'll throw in some racism. Because no doubt, no, f no doubt how far the human race advances. There's going to be somebody that hates for a stupid reason. Somebody for some reason. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and that's worth throwing in for that friction of the story. And for that character to look out and go, what the fuck? I'm a human being. I do what I do. What does that have to do with what I do? It, it, should... it would be funny to just be like, how far in the past are you living that this is still a thing for you there <laughs> there is i think in book one look look at that person like they're crazy where where i think hank comments on something where it's like what are you still in the 90s because that's the previous century that's kind of like when when i grew up in the 80s somebody going what are you still in the 90s you know it's because this is set in the future mm -hmm. okay We've got about 15 minutes left on this. Help me out, guys. How can I... Um, what? What's next? What do I do here? Um, do you want to talk a little bit about what the launch has been like? What, yeah. know, what advice you can give to other authors that maybe haven't done a book launch before? And by the way, let um, me expand this. We're still... Go ahead. Finish your thought. Oh, we're we're still in the we're still in the thick of it. So we haven't come out on the other side just yet. We're in the middle of it. So this might be a good time to just get fresh insights from what it's like in the trenches right now. So I mentioned to get people to read your book when no one knows who you are yet. Right. Um, <laughs> we're well, people know you, but no, no, I, I, in the big scheme of things, I am unknown. Absolutely. Crystal came to me in the end of, and I don't normally date our podcast, but it is July 2021. And Crystal came to me in the end of May and went, hey, why don't you do a street team? And I went, eh, what? I've heard of those. What's that mean? And Crystal went, these are people who basically you get a street team captain. So the writer 
who's terribly awkward at, at promoting themselves, reaches out to other people. And, and you, you are. Yeah, I absolutely am. I'm horrible at going, hey, read my stuff. It's great because, yeah, I, I wrote it. I'm doing the next thing. I'm busy. That's my excuse for, <laughs> yeah, I, in person even. It's hard for me to hand somebody a book and go, you're going to love this because I'm so close to it. I know the flaws. Crystal went, hey, let me jump in here. Let me reach out to people and say, hey, read this book before it even releases. And then she whispered behind the scenes, hey, Travis, don't fucking release your book right away. Give it a second. Let these people read it and get ready to do some reviews. And I went, mm, okay. Um, I think we were about a week out from when you were originally going to release it. Yeah. And I, I was like, so I was thinking maybe I could hop on to your ARC team, your street team, anything to, to kind of help out. And you didn't have anything going on. I was like, what? You've got so many books out already and you don't. Like you don't do the pre-launch stuff that some that a lot of authors do, and I was just like, "How are you going to get reviews?" And you're like, Meh. "You know, I do it for the love. I do it for the passion of the the writing. I don't. I'm a you know, I'm an artist. I'm a purist. I'm not doing it for the money or the fame. I'm like, well, you're not going to get any then." <laughs> and then you smacked him and said, "Snap out of it." <laughs> well, I was like, "Good grief!" Because for part of for part of his stream, he would uh, talk a little bit about his book because people were genu genuinely interested. People were wanting to read the book, and then he plays himself down like, oh, yeah, you know, check it out here. And then he would cut himself off being like, oh, I mean, no pressure. If you want to, you can maybe read it if you want. No, not that you have to. You probably don't want to. It's, it's fine if you don't want to. Or if you can't afford it, I'll just give it to you, so just email me. And then I'm like, god damn it, Travis, stop it. What are you... <sighs> Absolutely. Now, let me segue into something else that Crystal's is absolutely pointing out. Joe says, some heroes don't wear capes. Some have turquoise hair. Speaking of Crystal, <laughs> who jumped forward to go, hey, dude, wake the fuck up and do this other thing. Now, Steve asked, how many members of the street team are there so far? What was their target number? Um, we had just over 60 people between um, multiple resources, and we have 11 reviews as of July 5th. Now, I'm sure Crystal is pulling up the reviews right now and refreshing it to see if any case, in case anything else came in. Um, <laughs> Nothing yet. <laughs> but I, I've lost the original Wait, question. Yeah. What, okay. what was the original question? Oh, how many people were in the... No, no, no. Not the target. No, before that, before all this. A street oh, team. I was just saying, like, street maybe we stuff. should talk a little bit about the street team and right. what, what that entailed. Okay, so the street team, as I said, Crystal jumped in and said, look, you've got 11,000 people reach between all your social media, between newsletter, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, LinkedIn, Patreon, coffee.com, all these different things. Why aren't you using these resources that you have? Why aren't you drawing on these people who have shown interest and followed you, friended you, whatever, and doing this thing? And I went, well, gee, that sounds like a great idea. How do we do that? And <laughs> Crystal volunteered to be the street captain, the, the street team captain. 
which means she puts on multiple hats, but the two primary ones being um, reaching out to people and going, hey, do you want a free copy? Do you want to review this? They go together. They're not separate things. And the second hat, the second primary hat is Travis, talk about your shit. Travis, make sure you mention this. Make sure you interact with these people who have shown interest. And yeah, by the way, if I can take a moment to segue away from me into Crystal. She is so busy doing all her stuff. For her to find any time to help me out with this was an incredible effort on her part. So we're going to just take a moment and raise a glass to Crystal for helping me make a difference. Because here's the difference. Take a drink first. <laughs> my most reviewed book at this point in time today has 53 reviews. It's nonfiction. My most reviewed fiction book has 13. It was released in 2016, which at this point in time is five years ago. 13 reviews. After four, I'm sorry, now five days, because of Crystal, specifically because of Crystal, Silver and Smith in the Doppelganger's Gate has 11 reviews. That is her. Now, that is Thank her you. kicking me in the butt. Boop, making girl. me Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, Honestly, it is, I feel like I did minimal. I did minimal stuff. Because like you know I, how much you <laughs> fucked off every day. And I do too with what I do. <laughs> but it has <laughs> made that difference, Crystal, in my most reviewed fiction book. In five days, you've almost matched it, and we're guessing by the end of this month of July, we'll have far surpassed it. We're hoping for doubling it. I hope it. so. Now, Big Dreams yeah. says we get everybody and we have, you know, hit 50-plus reviews. But here's something else I'm seeing. Sales are moving up. Now, this is the peak of a new book release when it's done right, which is not something I often do, if ever. Um, so a street team, for all you authors out there that are publishing, especially self-publishing, or even publishing on one of those medium publishers, as opposed to the big five versus self-publishing with no support, this is how you create that difference. And every day I look at it going, oh, I'm so tired. I want to go do something else. I want to write my next thing. I want to do the next thing. This brings value to everything you do beyond this point. This is the linchpin that makes everything else get attention. My first book so, uh, of this series, Silver and Smith and the Jazir's Light, has seen three reviews. Not a whole lot, but a week ago it had zero. Because of Silver and Smith 2, Silver and Smith and the Doppelganger's Gate, Silver and Smith Book 1 and the Jazir's Light is, is seeing reviews because people are reading this and jumping over there and grabbing Book 1. And I do want to point out that the publishers that I have worked for have said that the first three books generally don't see a whole lot of action you really don't start making a sustainable income until you hit book six something that you know you would actually be able to support yourself on so that's just something to think about if you do this kind of launch with every single book 
and then get to your sixth book, that's when it starts really generating enough to where you can maybe one day, you know, make this your day job. That'd be cool. That would be very cool. So what do you do in September, October? Because I'm going to need this again for book three is what I'm hearing. Um, <laughs> uh, depending on depending on how my move goes, I'll let you know, man. Um, I'm Wait. currently looking for where I'm going to live next month. So <laughs> as, soon okay. as, as soon as I figure that out, then we'll we'll get together and jam on that next book launch. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, first of all, we've got about five minutes left in this episode. So let's do some wrap up thoughts. Ed, can we start with you about everything we've talked about? What do you got? Well, I just have a quick question. Silver and Smith, is that a deliberate play on Silver Smith or? Yes. Where'd you get that? Yes. Um, Silver is actually a character that I created in Dungeons and Dragons some 20, 25, maybe even 30 years ago. Um, and I grew him and developed him and eventually went, I want this character in a book. Smith was something brand new. And yes, Silversmith worked in because they are crafting something. They're making something beautiful and incredible and valuable. So I wanted those two names together because of various reasons. First of all, what I just said. Second of all, it's very easy and memorable. Um, the, mm. the, the alliteration is valuable. If you look at things like Indiana Jones, Pirates of the Caribbean... They're short, they're crisp, they're to the point. It defines. Um, and by the way, something I've been wanting to say is every book starts with the end of a different adventure. Not a different book, but it shows you in these books that they're doing these things. Book one starts with one adventure. And then it goes into the next, just like James Bond and Indiana Jones. If you've watched those movies or read those books, they, they start with the end of the last adventure. And Werdewin says, and it's supporting by Joe going that thing there. Werdewin says, I'd like to mention that I loved seeing the book written, edited, and released. Truly inspirational and encouraging. Because that's something I did live on my stream on twitch.tv slash Travis Tavern Talk. And I believe you'll see a few of my viewers' names in the, well, the dedication and, and the acknowledgments. And also in uh, the videos that I'm working on. <laughs> I still haven't finished. There we go. I'm Crystal, editing. Closing thoughts. I'm editing. It's coming. And you could talk about the video if you want on the closing thoughts. I don't mean to interrupt you or cut you off. Oh, no, not at all. Um, yeah, the uh, I, I interviewed Travis while he was still in the editing process of this book for one of my uh, one of my videos for my channel, and I'll be uh, releasing that as part of the book launch over the next few days. Hopefully, I've been lazy. I, I meant to actually get it out before the launch, but uh, but it's coming. Lazy means and busy in we, this. We'll talk. We'll talk about we'll talk about your your process and how you juggle not just writing the book but also entertaining all these fools, including myself, at the <laughs> tavern while we're distracting you from your book, which has been great fun. And for and anybody, you've, you've really the... created a. Go ahead. Sorry. Community. <laughs> oh no! I was just saying that you've really created a community for readers and writers, mm -hmm. and 
uh, that alone should be worth a lot of us picking up your book just just to support the tavern. Now, speaking about the community, for anybody who's going, what is Crystal talking about? If you check out bit.ly slash writing happy hour, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash writing, W-R-I-T-I-N-G, happy hour, you can check out Crystal's YouTube channel. That's bit.ly slash writing happy hour. Check that out. She interviews much more than just me, supporting the writing community and helping it grow and expand. So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode. Thank you guys so much for letting me take the spotlight here and hang out and get these questions. Make sure you guys check out the other streams and the other YouTube channels and all that stuff. And uh, let's see if Cogsley can get through the outro without uh, being drunk. Here we go. Before we go, I want to remind everyone that you can email us at talkthetavernshow at gmail.com to let us know your thoughts on the show's topic, suggest another topic that you'd like to hear us discuss, or just have us read a message out on air to someone in your life. Thanks for supporting the show by downloading the podcast, sharing it on social media, grabbing some shirt stickers and mugs from bit.ly slash tavern merch, or barware patches and hats from bit.ly slash tavern merch too. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash tavern merch or tavern merch and the number two. Thanks to everyone who joined us live at twitch.tv slash Travis Tavern and everyone who supports the tavern by subscribing, hosting, throwing bits, raids, and most of all, commenting. Thanks for joining us in the discussion shenanigans tonight. You are the one thing that makes the show what it is. Don't forget to join us at the tavern next week. Until then, have fun, keep learning, and be good to one another. Now, raise your glass in good cheer. Enjoy the small moments every day and steamy dreams every minute. holiday season, we all wish for hope and healing. Children and families who spend their holidays at the hospital deserve a reason to believe in first steps, in giggles, high fives, and hugs. For 150 years, Children's National Hospital has provided world-class care and groundbreaking research. Please donate today to help patients and healthcare heroes this holiday season. Visit childrensnational.org holiday. That's childrensnational.org holiday. Staples helps small businesses print big. The print advisors at Staples sweat the details and quality of every project. That's what they call their print big promise. They're committed to getting your print job right every time, to treating your small business like a big deal and making it come to life, and to giving you expert guidance from start to finish. And now get 20% off signs, banners, and posters when you spend $75 or more at Staples. Offer ends January 1st.